And we're back. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Mental Wellness Mondays. We got a special edition um, this week, as you guys might know. Um, sadly or thankfully, depending on which side of the spectrum you follow and how annoying his stories will be when he comes back, Dan is in Europe. Um, so he's unable to join us today. But that gives me free reign, you know what I mean, to really tackle the hard topics <laughs> without his annoying voice, his annoying candor. Uh, and mm-hmm. immaturity, you know what I mean? Especially when we're delving into such a serious topic as we are today. And today, obviously, we're joined by our favorite doctor, Dr. Nyarai, and she's brought us a special guest. This is Miss Robin Smith-Terry. Um, she's the founder or the co-founder of Circle of Elephants. Um, and she also has experience with dealing with a traumatic birth, uh, postnatal depression, and she's also a yoga instructor. And she's here to talk about... Um, Oh, what's the right word to use here? Just some, just that. What 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 mothers go through? You know what what mothers go through when they when they push, you know, big headed kids like me out, um, and 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 all that that entails. Um, and obviously, the, 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 there's a lot of layers um, to to tackle here. And me, as a man who's never had a uterus in his life, I am well versed in these issues and i am gonna add my two cents because who else would know more than me uh so so thank you so much for joining us robin (laughs) my pleasure after all that (laughs) (laughs) so yeah um jokes aside though uh, we were having a bit of a conversation be- before we started recording and you were telling us a bit about your experience. Um, do, you, do you mind sharing um, some of that with our audience and, and why you decided to to start um, an organization like Circle of Elephants? Yes, absolutely. Um, thanks so much for having me as well. It's a really important topic, very close to my heart, my co-founder Kylie's heart, because both of us experienced um, very traumatic births and which led to birth trauma, postnatal depression and, and quite a long time undiagnosed. Um, so it really affected the, the, the start of our kind of motherhood journey for both of us. And we, mine, I was in the UK, so I was, went through the NHS system. Kylie's was here in Zimbabwe. Um, I had ended up having a emergency cesarean and developing complications. Kylie was here and she had a natural birth, but um, her baby didn't do so well. During that, it was quite um, traumatic and very different. Her baby is fine. My baby is fine, um, just to put it out there. And yeah, so very different kind of actual medical um, situations and births, but very similar experiences in our first couple of years of motherhood. So the reason we started um, Circle of Elephants was to really um, raise awareness, lift the topic of maternal mental health and kind of just enable and empower women to feel strong and ask for help and to make it more normal to, to discuss maternal mental health and not so much of a taboo. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, so, so so speaking of that, um, in recent years, we I have anecdotally been seeing a lot more conversation and content around postnatal depression and, and the struggles that women deal with. Um, locally, um, what would you say the general attitude towards it is in Zimbabwe? I think it's really tough here because there's a lot of, you know, just get on with it and you're so lucky for everything mm-hmm. you have. So this kind of we see this toxic positivity coming out yet again and really hampering what could be a really great 
experience for a woman, a really empowering experience. It's just kind of, it happens every day. It's so normal, but it's actually birth is huge. It's the biggest thing a woman will do in her life. So, I mean, we can't expect women just do this and be quiet anymore. You know, it's just not feasible. And I think mainly, you know, it makes total sense to us. Support a woman through pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. She's far more likely to enjoy being a mother. Her, a mother. So she's far more likely to give the love she wants to give to her child in a really good way. So that child will then grow up to be a more well-functioning human being. Mm. I mean, it, it's, mm-hmm. it just seems that common sense to us. But, yeah. So... And I think they they start shaming, right? If you think otherwise, mm-hmm. that it's, uh, you, you know, that there are um, peaks and valleys. And when you say, oh, this is hard, or oh, I'm sad, then you're shunned for the bad. <laughs> yeah, and like you mean to, and like the movies and everything, it depicts this beautiful moment where, you know, you, you just fall in love with this little human. And actually those little humans need to be that cute because it's really hard <laughs> becoming a mum. Even <laughs> if you don't have, like, <laughs> even if you're not predisposed to, like, maternal mental health. So, yeah. So walk, walk, walk us through it. Like, if, if hypothetically, I'm a new mother and I've just given birth and I'm feeling down, how do I diagnose? What are some of the signs that point to postnatal depression? Okay, so there's quite a few, and Dr. Nurai can definitely jump in. She probably knows more specifically here, medical-wise. But really, a mom that seems to distance herself quite a lot, um, kind of lack of care of her own hygiene and you know doesn't find joy in things she used to do doesn't sleep like die the, the intrusive thoughts the kind of lack of interest in the baby i mean you know it's also a, a normal um effect of postnatal or not effect but something normal to experience is actually thinking about suicide and the death of your own baby which obviously Imagine a mum being able to say that openly and not feel like not a lot of mums get worried that their baby will get taken away from them if they actually verbalize that out loud. And that's quite a, mm. a normal thing to, for a mother to think and feel when she's got some kind of postnatal depression or anxiety. Um, and it, it doesn't need to be that way. There are things that we can do to help that. And I think just, you know, if, because they do talk about the baby blues and it, it is hard because you don't sleep and we we need sleep to survive as humans. So it's hard mm-hmm. to draw the line between it's just hard and then actual postnatal depression or anxiety or even psychosis. So, yeah, there's, mm. there is actually a, um, a kind of checklist. There's a few different checklists out there, which we're trying to get very public and get into a lot of places because it's a very clear indication kind of checklist that mothers can fill out themselves just so they at least know why they feel that way. Mm. Okay. So if, if you're willing to, uh, please do share that checklist with us. We, we'd love to also um, share it with our audience. I'm sure they'd appreciate it. Um, so in that breath, I think, um, 
from my understanding, and once again, as I said, I'm an expert in childbirth and child rearing <laughs> as, as a childless man. Um, there, there seem to be like two, um, I think two major branches when dealing with postnatal depression. I think one is when you have a support network, but they're not being very supportive and they kind of send you into, into the deep of a spiral. And on the flip side is when you don't have a support network because let's say you're a single mother and culturally, especially in Zimbabwe, you might be even be shamed for being a single mother. So not only are you dealing with the shame and the struggles of having to um, look after this new being on your own, but then you're also having to deal with the depression. So um, attacking those two branches, um, what are some of the things that you've come across um, that people have to deal with? And what are some of the best ways for mothers and the people that care for those mothers to help? So maybe it would help if I kind of gave you a loose example because everything at Circle of Elephants is obviously confidential. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, previously in our maternal mental health advocate space, we've had, okay, so two different mothers. Okay, one actually had to be hospitalized because she um, just actually felt like she was losing her mind. Um, she just wasn't sleeping. She went I think at her longest stretch, she maybe went for four nights without sleeping, maybe slept for 10 minutes. Um, so, so that was what had happened mm-hmm. with her. Um, and so she did. we did manage to get her hospitalized and we did manage to connect her to a good psychiatrist. And I think her family then started to take it a bit more seriously instead of just pretending everything was all right. Um, and mm-hmm. she's now getting the help that she needs through psychiatry, psychotherapy. And in particular, this specific mother had had a previous trauma to her pelvis where she was trapped and her pelvis was crushed. And for many, many hours, she thought she was going to die. And there was no one at any point mentioned to her that um, birth and contractions would re-trigger this previous trauma. So in mm. the very beginning of her journey, she actually could not sleep because she was in such a heightened state where she actually thought she was going to die if she went to sleep. So this, this is just one instance. And then if you add on top of that, a baby who's struggling to breastfeed or bottle feed, and then a baby who has colic and not sleeping, I mean, it just can get very bad very quickly. And there's a really awful percentage actually that it's like, um, 50% of all deaths of mothers in the first year are suicide is suicide. It's a, it's a really hard hitting statistic. Um, Mm. Sorry. Can you say this again? Sorry. I think just to emphasize, what does that say? I think it's like 50. I mean, we shared it recently on circle of infants. I think it is, um, you're right. Let me know if this, um, correct me if this is wrong, but like 50% of all deaths of mothers with, in the first, I think it's actually nine months of becoming a mother is suicide. Jeez Louise. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah. And I mean, the, st- the, st- the world statistics on like postpartum depression is only 12% of women. But here in Africa, and especially Southern Africa, I mean, we're having someone join us who's an educational psychiatrist and she's... Um, trying to collate a lot of data, especially in them. And actually, we think it's more like 50, 60% of women experience postnatal depression here. Mm, okay. Wow. Wow. 
So if, if we're essentially saying that half of all mothers experience postnatal depression, um, what aftercare or treatments are available if it's this prevalent? Well, I think this is one of the problems, right, is that mental health is so taboo here already. The people we do have working so hard are absolutely pushed to the extreme, the psychiatrists, the psychotherapists here. Um, so yeah. really... Our goal at Circle of Elephants is actually more to get a lot of preventative measures in place. Because, yes, you can go in and you can diagnose the person's depression. You can do the hard work to get out of it. But who has the time or the money to be able to do that? Um, you know, it's hard. So really, if we get a really good preventative measures in place where we can screen for what people who could potentially develop post-natal depression or anxiety – that surely to us is a better way because preventative is way more effective than interventive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think our system, you know, since we're relatively um, young and new into the mental health space as a country, mm -hmm. um, practitioners are overwhelmed. They, they're just unable to cope with, you know, the demand um, that they're having. Um, yes, what is absolutely great is that people are now feeling comfortable enough to to seek help. But we we really need to ramp up all the different ways of of, of supporting people and preventing a lot of you know um, really severe cases. Yeah, completely agree, Nurayan. I I mean, I really think one of the amazing things about them is that there is so much community. And if you get the community behind this understanding and talking, I mean, it can make such a world of difference to a, a new mum. If the community who sees her is like, how are you doing? Tell us about you. Like, what do you need? What can mm -hmm. I do to help you? Rather than just, oh, let me hold your baby. Let me look at this baby. It's all about the baby, you know? Um, <laughs> so I think there's a, lot of, there's, a, there's a lot of power in like feeling held by your community and like propped mm. up and supported, right? So the healthcare mm -hmm. professionals, like you said, especially the mental health ones, are just absolutely pushed. So just as human beings in this country, in this community, you know, like this, you you can just have the conversation. The next time you see new mom, just ask her how she's really doing, and you know, ask her if there's anything you can do to help support her in any way, and that. Who knows how amazing that affair could go. Hmm. Very true. Oh, wow. So um, that being covered, let's talk about some of the work that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis to help um, mothers. So on, on a typical week, um, obviously without violating any confidentiality, what are, what are some mm -hmm. of the, the treatments that you provide, some of the support you guys provide two mothers were dealing with postnatal depression? Okay. So um, I myself am a yoga teacher, but I'm also a training yoga therapist. So it's like a medical model of yoga. So I, I actually do a lot of like nervous system regulation work. I know quite a lot about. So working with the vagus nerve and um, just getting, getting humans into a good space with their um, nervous system is what I do. Mm. And so in a typical week, I teach pregnancy yoga, I do partners pregnancy yoga. Um, and in that space, we talk about the kind of reality of 
um, and physiology of pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and, you know, kind of really getting the partners on board to support the mum. And I've been doing that since January, and um, I can happily say that every one of my mothers that's come through me has not developed um, any severe kind of postpartum depression or maternal mental health and I think I really think that's just the awareness and um, the partners feeling informed and supportive and then so I, I tend to bring that a bit into Circle of Elephants as well um, so that's my own private work um, but with Circle of Elephants we have a peer support WhatsApp group which we have a very strict mandate um, which I can also send because if any mothers listening wanted to join that they'd be very welcome to Mm-hmm. Um, everything said in that space is confidential. Um, yeah, so it's really just a space for women to just share the thoughts, feelings, experiences that they feel safe to share with other women who feel and think in the same kind of way. So we find that that's really amazing, being able to connect to other women who are experiencing the same thing as you. And they're kind of, people are on different paths. So in the group, I'm kind of three and a half years down the line on this path where some of the moms on the group are kind of two weeks into their becoming a mother. So just kind of knowing that you can heal and move mm. forward with it. And then um, Kylie and myself are maternal mental health advocates. So we we go around giving talks. We've um, talked to some physios. We're talking to more. We're going to be talking to the GPs here in Harare. So basically, we're going around trying to spread as much awareness as we can. Um, and then we also kind of do these home well-being visits to mothers who we feel are at a crisis point. And we ask their permission if we can come in and kind of get their, the partner, the, the parents, you know, maybe the siblings involved. And we kind of just, just hold space for the mother to say how she is really feeling and some of the things that would help her. So these kind of interventive, we don't really like the word intervention, but it, it kind of is that where, you know, these women are at crisis point and they don't know where to go, what to do. And a lot of them can't afford to go to psychotherapy or psychiatry. So we can go in and just what we can do there on the ground. Mm, okay. Okay. So do you guys have a system or a network in place where, um, let's say once again, I come in, I'm, I'm very depressed. And you guys have realized that Phil needs actual intervention here. Um, there might be suicidal ideation. There might be a severe onset of depression. Um, do you have, um, psychiatrists or psychotherapists that you can, um, pass someone onto? Um, and if so, what is the process? So we, that's what we're trying to collect because we're only like four months old at this stage. And, um, we're both very busy with our own home life and work, but we are, whenever we get a chance, trying to get people on board. So what we would love, yeah, we have got some um, psychotherapists and psychiatrists that we can refer to. And we do say in our group, you know, like if we're worried about yours or baby's immediate health, we will highly recommend you go see a psychotherapist or a professional. So we have just now done that. Um, so one lady joined the group and we tend to do like a private message check-in with new members um, just because sometimes they don't want to share in the in the larger group space. And um, I have got like previous training and counseling training and I, I, can ho- I can speak to people. 
um, in a more professional capacity. And then I, I kind of gauge and, you know, I ask them because I think that's the thing with suicide, right? Like people think if you ask someone if they're suicidal, you'll put the thought in their head, whereas the thought's there and being able to vocalize it makes them however many percentage less likely to actually follow through. So we kind of gauge where they're at and then we make strong suggestions because <laughs> we can't we can't force them, but we um, we really encourage them to reach out and, and um, we will connect them with a psychotherapist. But again, this is all really hard for us, Phil, because um, this particular lady can pay for the psychotherapy. But, you know, for the woman that can't pay, like it's really hard to then ask a psychotherapist or a psychiatrist, listen, we're really worried about this woman. Can you please see her for free? You know, mm-hmm. we're so stretched mm-hmm. to that. Like who's going to be able to do that for yep. free? Yeah. Yeah. I, I run into that a lot. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> no, 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 I'm just, oh, sorry. I'm also just thinking <laughs> of, 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 cause we have the exact same issue. Like we get so many messages or emails from people who need assistance, but there's only so much we can do. So, um, and there's only so much you can do free. <laughs> yeah. That too. Yeah, that, 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 that too. So yeah, yeah it, it, it is a tough one. Um, But I forgot to say, Phil, sorry. Um, We also do workshops and groups where the the women are are come for free. They don't have to pay. And we Mm -hmm. teach them kind of tools of how to self-regulate themselves. Because actually learning how to regulate your nervous system and how to breathe well can really make a huge effect on your mental health. So we then Mm. also try and teach them these actual tools that they themselves can use. That's another part of the circle of elephants. Oh, okay. Mm. I think that that's really useful. I was, I was going to ask, um, while the focus is on the mother, um, have you witnessed any of the partners going through some form of depression because life has changed? Um, have you experienced any of that? Yes. Or what role 100%. do you... Okay. There's, so if there's a, in particular, if there's a traumatic birth where the mother or the baby nearly dies or is perceived mm. to nearly die, um, either from the mother or the husband, the partner will also have kind of a referral PTSD and mm-hmm. in the same vein, can, and it's, they're very closely linked. So the mother's experiencing postnatal depression. It's highly likely the father is as well, but in a kind of referred state, so different to the mother. And obviously as men in this country, I mean, women are barely allowed to talk about mental health and cry and feel things, let alone a man in this country. So that's another huge mm. obstacle. Mm. Yeah, this is such an uplifting. Mm. This is such a cheery topic, but <laughs> let me, let me, <laughs> Phil, you briefed me before, and I think I've heard you sigh quite a lot oh, now. I'm just, uh, <laughs> no, you know, like no one wants to talk about sad mothers and sad babies. I mean, no, it's such a heavy topic. I mean, oh, geez, Louise. I okay. know. So, okay, let me cheer you up, Phil. Mothers mm. are hardcore. Women are amazing, and so mm. are men. And becoming a parent is hardcore. So. Mm. You know, just kind of, it takes such a little bit to really send someone on a more positive road. And we really have seen that. So there are, 
you know, we have seen very positive effects with very little intervention. There. Now, is that better? It is. Now, and you've actually reminded me. So I, I, I was going to ask, because you, you talked about being a yoga therapist. So I wanted to find out, like, do you do you do stuff like yoga nidra or or kundalini breathing? Is, is, is that what you'll be, be working with? So not really the kundalini breathing, breathing, more like functional breath work. So restoring you back to your essential breath. Essential breath. So mm. essentially I teach people how to come back to their a more homeostasis state where all the systems in your body are functioning as they should be. Mm. So I work with the whole person. So I don't just do uh, the musculoskeletal side or the nutrition side. It's kind of the whole person and everything in your life. Um, yeah, because the yoga, yoga nidras are amazing and they're an amazing practice. But if you're too upregulated or in like a, a shutdown, a dorsal vagal shutdown, it can be quite dangerous to go into a state of meditation because you can, the switch can flip easily into psychosis. So we kind of want to do very measured regulation techniques to go from, because I mean, have you had the polyvagal theory on the podcast or like vagal tone or any of that kind of discussion? Not on the podcast, but I, I have done some no. reading, you know, I, I have peculiar reading. Yeah, habits. I really believe in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? You're right. Like Very I good. have literally seen it work yeah. so well. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think it's an important therapy aside from you know the talk therapy or the other options because we have so much that we um, carry within our bodies, right? Um, and sometimes mm-hmm. we don't realize those memories are are are. are, are are jammed in us until some something happens and then we are unprepared or don't know the root of it, right? Um, mm. Yeah. So, and that's actually what happened with me. Um, I didn't realize that a previous trauma, um, so when I was 13, I was raped. Um, I had oh, wow. no idea that that would come up and be re-triggered in my birth. And so I, I oh, did wow. get re they had complex PTSD for a time and just really was struggling. So this is also part of the circle of elephants is like raising awareness because all the microaggressions towards women and all of the abuses and, you know, sexual abuses, it really, really will 100% come up when a woman becomes a mother. Okay. So, yeah, it's just another angle for it, really. See, once again, back to the heavy topics, I'm just like, oh. Um, but there's something, um, for, for, for listeners who are unaware of these methods, can you, can you go back and explain exactly what you meant by like polyvagal um, practices? What do, what, what do those entail um, for someone who might be curious but doesn't really understand it and they might be apprehensive? Um, essentially, what does that involve? Okay. So first of all, I always like to empower people to do their own kind of toolkit building. So you can just Google the polyvagal theory itself and find out about that. And you can also Google how to improve your ventral vagus. Mm-hmm. But essentially, the polyvagal theory is we used to believe that our nervous system had rest and digest or fight and flight. So just two ways, parasympathetic versus sympathetic. And that was it. Um but actually, Dr. Stephen Paul just came up with this theory that we've got three modes of being in our autonomic nervous system. So we've got the um, 
And our nervous system is built to go through all these things. Like through throughout a day, you need to upregulate, downregulate, up, down, up, down, but have appropriate mm-hmm. nervous system responses is key. So it starts off in your kind of in ventral vagus nerve, which is like good, you know, everything's okay in the world. I'm feeling good. I see good. I want to do good. Like my body's working, digestion, assimilation's working. I can sleep well. Everything's all right in the world. I'm, my body is safe. I am safe. And then what happens is, and especially if you experience trauma, is you tend to go up into the sympathetic, um, like quite up regulation. So like fight and flight. And like, you know, your body needs to do a response. You need to jump on the spot or run away. So that fight and fight, we need the physical discharge to happen. But often with trauma, you're trapped. You can't move. You can't go somewhere. Okay. And then mm-hmm. what happens is if, if that sympathetic doesn't chain, like the loop doesn't complete, you go right up into dorsal vagus nerve. Okay. So that's like complete shutdown. Your body essentially is preparing for death. So you you disassociate, you you get apathy. So this is like the deep depressions, right? Okay, you just you there's no joy, there's no life. You you struggle to feel your extremities, your hands and feet. And so then people can end up going back into that state, like continue anything. So your nervous system, your hip, your hypothalamus is constantly scanning your environment, it's assessing everything. And for traumatized people or, and it's not even the big T, say Phil, it's just like what your nervous system perceives as trauma. So it's not just the like abuses, okay? It's everything. Mm -hmm. And it's also how you're kind of raised, you know, in an environment that's stressful or not. So you will tend to veer towards, and a lot of people kind of flip-flop between the sympathetic overload and dorsal vagal shutdown. And that's a really hard place for our body, our brain, just everything to be in because our nervous system we need that circle so we need to discharge that fight or flight response and then we come back down into ventral vagal tone and then everything's okay so you you're constantly up regulating and down regulating um and that's kind of where the stephen porges theory goes the polyvagal theory and then so improving your ventral vagal tone i mean it's not to say it like this is not the only thing you can do i mean we really need psychiatry, psychotherapy and medication when it's appropriate, you know, but this is just one mm-hmm. way that people can empower themselves and work on their own healing. If that, if they're not able to um, get more help than that. Oh, okay. Um, so I think what we always try to do is provide practical um, tips and advice um, to people who are listening for some who aren't able to get help and some that might be able to reach out to you and join your group. So um, if someone has now run through the checklist and they feel that, okay, I might be suffering from um, postnatal depression or I have these issues, is there a way that they can tell their spouse, their partner, their family in a non-destructive way or in a way that can help the family, if they have no skills or understanding about this, to just be supportive and not be damaging? I think we need, the thing is, I think we need to recognize that people are not mind readers and Mm -hmm. not everyone will feel the same way as you feel. So making your needs very specific and just being open and feeling safe and open enough to just say, listen, parents, partner, 
I think I have postnatal depression. This is what I'm experiencing. And these are the kind of things you can do to help me. So a lot of the time, actually, moms can go two ways. They, they either cannot be away from their, be- ch- their baby. Their anxiety is so high. They are in such a scared state that they can't take their eyes off their baby. Or they, they can't be anywhere near their baby. But they have to for survival. So it's a very difficult place. So this, the sleep. The actual getting time for this woman to sleep, um, and that is not when baby sleeps because when baby sleeps, women often tend to check that the baby's breathing still because they're in such a terrified state. You know, it's so offering to go and um, play with the baby while the mom goes and sleeps or the, while the mom goes and does a shower or like it, literally anything that's not to do with the baby. <laughs> So the mom can kind of find a way back to her own self. Does that answer your question? I think I went off on a bit of a tangent. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think, I think just to yeah. summarize, it's basically support, support them in doing something that's not a mother because they, they can't be a mother 24 seven. So when they're on high alert, it, it, it obviously negatively affects their nervous system. I think. And I've, advice. This is, this is also definite like postnatal depression woman, and mothers in general do not want advice. Like, don't come in with a whole bunch of advice that will work for you or so and so's, so and so's, auntie's, cousin's child did this. <laughs> and that but listen, when we were children, like, when he was teething, I just got a little bit of rum, okay? Put the rum on the gums and you just rub it. You know? it helps, okay? My Google said. Okay, yeah. now what you want to do for, for that rash, that eczema, what you want to do is you want to take the pee, right? It's going to pee in the nappy <laughs> and then you wipe that on the face in the morning. Okay, and I'll get rid of the rash. Exactly, Phil. <laughs> Phil, are you sure you aren't mother? Because that sounds very similar. To I did tell you, I am an expert in these things. Okay, jokes aside, I'm actually, I'm actually amazing with kids. People always give me their kids to babysit. Um, and I always have the aunties. So, Philip, listen, what you want to do? Okay, you're going you're gonna to get some, some cod liver oil. Okay, and then you... <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah okay um i think that 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 that, that is very helpful um i am I, I think we, we are going to get a couple of questions from mothers because i do know we do have uh, a few that listen to religiously so there might be some follow-on questions if they are would, would you be open to, to joining us again for another short chat like this and I, I say that by apologizing because I know we recorded day late and that's on me. So I'm apologizing in front of all our listeners to say my bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely, Phil. I would love to. I mean, and, uh, you know, we, we just really want to raise this conversation. And any mom, if you're struggling, please just know that you are doing an incredible job and there is help there and you won't always feel this low, this darkness, it won't always be there. It doesn't have to be. There is a way out into the light. And, you know, we're there on Instagram and Facebook. So please just get in touch. Circle of Elephants. There's always someone there to listen and a space to feel held. Perfect. Um, lovely. So we'll also, sh- we'll also share links um, to your pages in our description. Um, so please do reach out to Robin. Um, by the way, we actually, we, did, we didn't cover Can I this. ask you a quick question? Uh, uh, How so did you come up with the name? How did you come up I with the name Circle of Elephant? My co-founder Kylie came up with the name, so she's going to have to come on the podcast next time, hopefully. Okay. 
No, that would okay. be great. Um, and I was going to say, do you guys accept donations from anyone who'd like to support the work you're doing? Or, in fact, how how oh do you how, how how do you you, you fund the, your your work? Um, for free. So I do a lot. We do all of it for free, the both of us. Um, and I do the workshop and the kind of nervous system training for free. And we're trying to get so. Uh, professionals to, to come and talk to the woman for free and to teach the woman some like coping techniques for free. Um, but yeah, we are actually really wanting to try and get some kind of sponsorship or donation going because, you know, there's, there's just so much we can do if we have the money to be able to do it. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, Great. So, so I'm sure I'm sure there'll be some listeners who'll be looking to support you. Um, but yeah, thank thank you so much for joining us. This is a really um, sometimes um, saddening, but but I think ultimately illuminating um, and edifying chat. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us. And once again, thank you so much for joining us, Doctor Nyerai. Doctor Nyerai, where can they get hold of you on the socials? On the socials at Wire to Love and Thrive and at Sage Restorative. Lovely. And also at Dr. Nyerai on Twitter. All right. And and Robin, do you have a personal page where you'd like people to get in touch as well? Yes. So I have um, yoga with Robin Terry. And that's for my yoga therapy, my therapeutic yoga kind of work and the mm. pregnancy yoga and beginner's yoga. Yeah. Lovely. Um, so yeah thank Wonderful. you guys thank you guys so much for joining us um, and thank you for listening and once again if you do need some help or this conversation uh, resonated or hit home please don't hesitate to get in touch either with Dr. Nirai Robin or via us that is at Two Broke Twimbos on all social media platforms or you can just go on to twobrokethwimbos.com forward slash help and we'll forward your request to the qualified individuals keep in mind we respect all privacy and we don't um, share it with anyone except the healthcare professional of your choosing so uh, thank you guys so much for joining us and we'll catch you guys next week wonderful very thank very insightful so thanks Robin Thank you so much, Robin. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you.